So Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7 through 16 is where we're going to be. Typically, I don't like to say where I'm going to stop because sometimes it doesn't happen. Took a step of faith and just said verse 16, so I'm kind of committed, right? So, uh, but I'm excited, you know. God put this passage on my heart, and it kind of went right in line to where I had kind of been teaching when I was filling in with Pastor Gary here. And we're going to be talking about spiritual gifts, but the, the biggest thing we're going to be talking about is diversity. Diversity in God, right? That seems to be the hot topic right now, diversity, everywhere you turn, right? Diversity, equality. And people are getting very, very loud about it, very outspoken about it. Except for the world's diversity, I think is a little bit different than the Lord's. The equality that they're screaming about is also different than the Lord's, right? The equality that they scream about, the diversity they scream about is actually racism, right? It is. That is what it is. No ifs and buts about it, okay? You know, and it happened to, to one of my sister-in-laws, where she was at a company for over 20 years, and this new supervisor comes in and wants to bring diversity to the company. So they laid her off, just because diversity, right? Really? <laughs> That's, that's why you want to bring in someone of color, and so you lay off someone that's been there for 20-something years uh, for diversity's sake. It's crazy, right? It's, it's really sad, to be honest with you, when, when you see what we've turned into as a nation, as a world. But that's okay, because one day it's going to be restored, God is going to come back and he's going to bring order and really show us knuckleheads the right way, right? And what true love is really all about. Let's go ahead and pray and we'll get into our text. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, we come before you and we just want to thank you for blessing us, like I said, with this opportunity this morning to come before you, to open up our Bibles freely, to be encouraged and study your word, Lord. Um, I just want to pray and just ask that you would bless this time. Father, that you would just, Father God, fill us with your Holy Spirit. Lord, and if there's changes that need to be made in our lives, that you would just help us to, to let go, Father God. Let go to bow before you and let you take control of our lives. Father, I pray and just ask that you would just be with us now, and we just thank you once again. In your name we pray. Amen. Verse 7 in Ephesians chapter 4, it says, But to each one of us grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. So it's hard to believe, but June of last year was kind of where I was the last time I taught with you guys, okay? And uh, I was in Ephesians chapter 3. We went to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 6. And uh, a lot of you guys may remember or may not remember, but I remember very clear because this whole century was empty, Okay? We were live streaming. Um, same thing. Pastor Gary asked me to teach. I said, sure, no problem. And I got to tell you, that was one of the toughest times I had, okay? Because the camera's right there, just like it is now. And every once in a while, I look at the camera as I'm speaking. But having uh, an empty sanctuary, knowing that someone's on the other side watching, but you don't really know, Right? 
And sometimes when I look around here, I don't care. Some type of feedback is encouraging. You understand? I don't even care if it's someone falling asleep. You're just like, dang, I need to step it up, right? <laughs> Something, okay? Some feedback is, is good. But when you're preaching to an empty sanctuary in here, you're just like, do they see me? Are they listening? Am I even going through, right? What's happening? Um, and so this is encouraging here because we, I'm just picking right back up where I left off. But in verses 1 through 6, Paul talked about unity in the church and how important it is that we have that unity if we're going to witness to others about our Lord, right? I mean, you have to have unity, everyone in the body of Christ getting along. You have new visitors come here to visit the church uh, Sunday morning, and there's people not getting along with each other or fighting. What kind of a, of a message does that put off, Right? Here, we're going to see he's going to talk about diversity within the church. And what's crazy is when you look around this sanctuary, you see a lot of different people here, right? We're all different within the church. You have different races, right? Different ages, young, old, different educational backgrounds, different wealth status, right? Different body types, okay? Thin, a little bit thicker, right? Which is okay, but what's so cool about this is that when God looks and he looks at his church, he sees his children. That's what he sees. It doesn't matter how old or young, he sees his kids, just like a parent does, Right? As you get older, it doesn't matter how old you get, you're always going to be mom's little boy or little girl, right? Dad's little boy, little girl. Th that's who you're going to be. doesn't matter how old you get. You know, I'd always tease around, and it was cool. It doesn't bother me one bit. But whenever we'd go on little mission trips, you know, typically going to Kansas, I'd take the, the group to, to Wilsey. Parents are like, okay, we'll see you, take care, you know, and they're, they're fine. Parents are like, they're gone for a week, right? No problem. Freedom, woo, <laughs> okay? My mom was always the first one to call, sometimes even, sometimes even before I got there. Where are you at? You there yet? Like, dang, some of the teens be like, who's that? My mom, right? <laughs> Leave me alone, it's okay, though. That's the relationship we have. Love my mom, right? Just checking in. Always going to be her little boy. That's the way it is. With the Lord, he looks and he sees his children. He's not looking and saying, oh, yeah, that's so-and-so, uh, right? They've, I don't know, they've finally grown up, <laughs> right? No, with the Lord, it doesn't matter. Old, small, it doesn't, doesn't matter where you're at, where your wealth status is. You're his kid. He loves you. That's what he sees when he looks into the church. And of course, that is if you've given your life to him, right? In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 through 11, it says, There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit there are different ministries, right? But the same Lord. 
There are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all, everyone, okay? For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues, but one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as He wills, okay? Diversities in the church. This is encouraging. This is awesome. If there was no diversity within the church, you know how boring that would be? Everyone had the same gift? No. It's different, right? There's some that God blesses with with gifts, different types of gifts. Serving in different ministries. Some are in the nursery. I love kids. But can you imagine crying babies like an hour and a half, two hours straight? That'd make anyone lose their mind, right? It it really could. I love my, my little girl, you know, Eleanor. She's the youngest right now. But there's times when she starts whining and crying. I mean, I'm... If I make it 15 minutes, that, that's saying a lot, okay? But I'm just like, what's wrong? Stop. Quiet. What's wrong? Right? It's hard. That's, that's a gift God blesses with. Sunday school ministry, same thing. It's a gift. You know, you start to get those kids that reach that certain age, and you start talking about God's Word, and you want to encourage them in heaven, yeah, why did this happen? So you tell them, okay, well, why did that happen? And why? You know, why, why, why? And you're like, just listen to what I'm trying to encourage you with, right? But they're hungry. They're hungry for the Word of God. Different gifts. People serving outside for security. Greeting, ushering as you walk in, running sound, PowerPoint, the live streaming. God uses all kinds of people for different tasks. And each role is important, right? I love this here because he says, but to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. The one thing we all have in common is that we've been given God's grace. Amen? We've been given God's grace. Do we deserve it? No. I know I don't. Grace is getting what you don't deserve. I know what I deserve. I thank the Lord for His love. I thank the Lord for His patience. I thank the Lord for His grace upon my life. Right? As you're young, as you're a kid growing up, there's a lot of things you look back and you're like, man, I was pretty dumb, right? And as you get older, there's certain times where you may look and say, man, that was pretty dumb, right? Just the patience of God. 
and how he's been with us every step of the way. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm sure there's a few of us in this room where, let's be honest, 100% of the time, we haven't lived out how God has called us to live our lives. In the workplace, that's one of the toughest challenges you'll have. Someone doesn't like you and they're spreading gossip about you? They get promoted and you don't? God says, love them. They're like, yeah, I'll love them with the right hand of fellowship, right? <laughs> says, no, you, you got to show love. Or they start a rumor and you want to start one back, right? It's tough. That's not easy. I know what I deserve. I thank the Lord that he didn't give that to me. Right? He's blessed me with a, a family, with another opportunity to live my life for him, to work here at a Christian school, to share his love with kids. Praise the Lord. Verse 8, therefore he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Paul did not quote the passage exactly as it appears in Psalm 68, 18, but rather he summarized all of Psalm 68 when he was talking here, which has many words similar to Psalm 68, 18. But the essence of the psalm is that a military victor has the right to give gifts to those who are identified with him, right? You go out, you take control, you take the victory, you come back and you grab all the stuff. I can give to whoever I want what I got. That's what it's pointing out here. Christ, having captivated sinful people by redeeming them, is victor. Why? Because he came down, he conquered death. He conquered sin, right? That's, that's who we serve. He's not a dead God. He's alive. He is alive. And guess what? He's given you and I gifts. And it's cool to have the gifts that we have here on this earth, but I can't wait for the eternal gift, which is life. Because here on this earth, right, things, they come and they go. You get something that's brand new and it's awesome until it gets dinged up or scratched up and then it's like, ah, oh, man, now I want this instead, right? But the eternal gift of life, that I can't wait for. No more getting, you know, older. <laughs> no more struggling when you're running, Right? Riding a bike. Sometimes I'll get out there with the kids and I'll try to, I'll try to play with them, right, for PE or something. And, and in my mind, and I can still move, and even some adults are like, dang, you, you get around pretty good, and you're quick. I'm like, yeah, I still got it. Then the next morning, it's like, what happened? <laughs> okay, right? Lower back is hurting, knees, all this stuff. It's like, dang, fact of the matter is, I'm getting older. I got to face that reality, Right? And even though, you know, I may get one on a kid sometime where I'll pull off a shot or I'll do something in basketball, it feels great, but it's some of those muscles you don't use. And it just messes you up, right? 
When you're a kid, you take a fall, get back up, you go. A few years back, I fell. I think I cracked some ribs. It did not feel good. It hurt. It hurt bad. I'm in class teaching these kids. I see a kid act funny, and you go to laugh, and you're like, I can't laugh. Just, oh, man, what happened? Right? All those aches, all those pains, getting old, the gray or the the non-hair, right? doesn't matter. With the Lord, eternal life, that's what we're going to have. Verse 9, now this, he ascended. What does that mean? What does that mean but that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. We know that this is exactly what happened, right? The Lord Jesus descended to Bethlehem's manger. That we know for a fact. Then he went to the cross and then to the grave. The one who descended from heaven is also the one who conquered sin, Satan, demons, and death, and who ascended far above the atmosphere into heaven. That we do know. That is something that you can rejoice about. Why? Because like I told you guys, you don't serve a dead God. He's alive. He's risen. He's well. That's something that we can stand firm on, right? Something for us to be excited about. He fulfilled prophecy. He fulfilled prophecy. As it says here, he might fill all things. And that's exactly what he did. Verse 11. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. He gave himself. That means that the Lord, right? The Lord here is the one who created these offices, these duties, these titles. He gave. They are the work of God. He is the one who points individuals for the tasks. Not men, okay? God does. God does that. He's the one who appoints. And sometimes I know it may not make sense. Sometimes I'm baffled. I look, man, Lord, you appointed me to be a pastor. And I remember when it first happened, it'd be like, why me, Lord? Why me? I'm sure there's individuals out there that know their Bible a lot better than me, that have been serving God a lot longer than me. Why me? Because I chose you, that's why. We we don't need to question what he does, but be thankful for what he has done and how he's going to use you. Because I'll tell you, being in this role, I've, I've changed, okay? Sometimes I think, was this really for the better? Because <laughs> I'm out of my comfort zone. I got to be honest with you. Uh, I am, okay? When I first started coming to this church with my parents, 18 years old, I'd come in, I'd hear Pastor Gary speak, and as soon as the message was done, I'd go straight to the car. And I'd wait for my parents. 
That's what I do. I was comfortable with that. I was comfortable with just coming, hearing God's word, being encouraged, but then going to the car right away. Okay. Yeah, I know. Kind of introvert, right? Nothing wrong with that. But God had different plans. And the longer here in this church, as time's gone on, God's always directed and He's always changed different things in my life. From going straight to the car, now it's like, okay, you need to uh, tell people hi. <laughs> talk to some people after church. Sometimes it was the people that no one would go up to and talk. When we were down by Milne Stadium, I got to say, we were a younger church, okay? Nothing wrong with our church now. We were just a younger church, and we had different individuals that would come in. There was even times where if some of you were here long enough, you may recognize for a short time there was a guy that had come with like a mohawk, okay, in the church, tattoos on his face. I mean, crazy, blue mohawk, I mean, standing up. Looked like a rough dude. I remember God was like, go tell him hi, okay? And he looked at me weird because I walked up, hey, what's up, man? How's it going? Pretty good, Right? And it's hard not to stare at every tattoo on his face because it's right there in your face. But you just look and you just talk, how's it going? And then a few weeks go by and he'd gotten saved. But because of his past, he had to move out of state because some guys were looking for him. Right? But the guy was like, you know what? I've given my life to the Lord. I just need a change. And, and he had left. And I remember... A few of his friends had still stuck around. You know, they were in our church for some time, and then God called them out. They moved to a different state and just doing, still serving the Lord. Eventually, they moved back here and still serving God, you know. But it was like, man, okay, talk, talk to them. Get involved with youth group. And Pastor Randy says, think about opening up youth group with, with the verse. Why don't you pray about opening up with the verse for me? Okay, sure. I thought the dude was crazy. Speaking in front of people, that was like my worst nightmare. You understand? Like, like in high school, when it came to um, doing presentations, I'd take a zero instead of standing up in front of people. 50% of your grade was written, and then the other 50 was presenting. I'm like, I'm, I'm good, 50%, at least it's not a zero. I don't like to speak in front of people. I don't want to speak in front of people. But then God changed and prepared for that. Okay? And, and God using in the ministry and then taking over the youth group. Me, me and my wife, you know, taking over youth group. Me and her are very quiet individuals. The group of teens at the time are very outgoing, very clingy kids. <laughs> you understand? It's hard. We're both getting stretched. And things go well, and I'm comfortable in the, the youth group zone because it's cool. If I mess up, we laugh, right? We all laugh about it. We're, we're the kids, and there's been a few times, I'm sure Nikki remembers a few things I've probably messed up when I've said, you know, and whatever, and we just kind of chuckle. What did he say? Oh, yeah, I, I mispronounced something. You laugh about it. This is scary up here. You understand? Everyone's looking. 
how's he dressed? How does he speak? What's going on? Like, dang, it can get intimidating. You know, six years ago, it's hard to believe six years ago, when Pastor Adam moved away, Pastor Gary came up to me and he's like, I'd like for you to come teach at the school. I'm like, okay, that'd be awesome. Tell the kids about the Lord every single day. I was so excited till I got here. <laughs> I got to tell you, it was scary. Because you're not just dealing with kids in the class. Now you got parents. And if they think that something wasn't graded right, you're going to hear about it. And they're going to contact you. What's up with this assignment? What did you want them to do? Why didn't you clarify that? Why, did, why weren't you specific? Why didn't you say that? Sorry, I don't know. I'm still learning. Still learning. Is this your first year teaching? Oh, shoot. Yes? <laughs> right? Who'd the school hire? <laughs> right? Pastor Gary ordained me, and he's like, I want you to be an assistant pastor. There's no quietness with the assistant pastor, you understand? There's no coming, sitting here, and just leaving right away. Don't work like that. Changes. They've been hard, but they've been very good as well. Not complaining. I mean, it's just crazy to think where I once was, 18 years old, to where I am now at my age, right? God's making changes. He's changing us. He's using us for His glory. God is the one that places individuals there, not men, right? He called some to be apostles. Apostles were men who were directly commissioned by the Lord to preach the Word and to plant churches. They were men who had seen Christ in resurrection. They had seen that. That was a very, very, very important part right there, that they see the resurrection. Acts chapter 1, verse 21 and 22 says, Therefore, of these men who have accompanied us all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John to that day when he was taken up from us, one of these must become a witness with us of his resurrection. If you remember, Judas hung himself, right? They're looking to replace him. How do you replace another individual? I mean, you know how hard that must have been for them? At first, he was like a, a brother. They, I mean, they were going through some, some heavy times. Everything. Then he betrays, and then he goes and he, he kills himself. I'm sure that that's the hard thing to, to go through, right? Feel like you lost someone very close. Even though, you know, he did betray the Lord. I'm sure you're upset, but at the same time, there's a lot of special intimate times there, a lot of personal times you were spent doing ministry. Now you've got to replace this individual. How do you do that? Well, someone who's had to have seen this resurrection as well. Why is that so important? Because when you go out and you're planting churches and you're talking about the Lord, right? When you're talking about Jesus, when you see it, it becomes more personal, 
right? This isn't some story. This isn't some fable. This isn't something made up. I was there, right? I seen it. I went through it. It's exactly what it was. We need someone who's been there through thick and thin. This is what they looked for. Someone who had seen Christ in the resurrection. Also, these apostles, they had power to perform miracles as a means of confirming the message they preached. Not only was it, I mean, God told them what to go out and do, right? Go out and make disciples. So they go out and they do that. They're preaching. They're preaching this with passion. And if something comes up, we've seen him do this before. Let's pray. Pray persons healed. God was anointing them. This isn't some of this stuff that goes around now in the, in the church, right? There's a lot of wild things out there. A lot of wild things. Benny Hinn? I can't believe that dude's still around. Seriously. I remember seeing him as a kid on TV. And, you know, you think as a kid, like, what's this guy doing? Oh, he healed someone. He got, they're, they're walking out of a wheelchair. They're no longer in the wheelchair. You're like, okay, that's... But then you start seeing some things. My grandparents, my parents, you know, they, they got saved when I was probably around five years old, four or five years old. And, um, you know, they were in a church. And it's just crazy how God protected, but at the same time, they were able to learn so much, and I seen so much at a young age. Stuff that I'd seen was a little crazy, right? And just how things were done incorrectly when it came to Scripture. And you look now, and you're like, whoa, you know, let's see Benny here now. I'm like, this, this dude's nuts. What's up with that? Does God heal? Yes, he heals. Have people been out of wheelchairs and can walk again? Yes, he does do that. But to hold a convention, to hold all the stuff where people pack out this arena to see you perform some type of miracle? What's this? Is this about God or you? Right? Is this about money or, or what's going on? I mean, because that's the way he's treating the thing. Like he's, look at me, look at how awesome I am, right? You go on YouTube and you can find some video where they've, <laughs> they've done some editing, okay? I think it's hilarious, to be honest with you. Because uh, one of these conventions where Benny Hinn's healing people, supposedly the, the spirit is so heavy in this building to where all he does is go to the crowd and he blows and the, the first like four rows fall over, okay? Seriously. And he's with his jacket and just kind of, and people are falling over and they're being, like in this YouTube video, they've corrected it and they've changed his coat with the lightsaber from like Star Wars. <laughs> and just, that's, that's what it looks like. Like this dude's just walking around, people falling over and doing all this stuff. You, you understand, that's what it looks like to the world? It looks like a joke. L look at this guy. He thinks he has so much power that he just blows on people and they fall over? It's crazy. It's nuts. That wasn't the example Jesus gave the apostles. That's not what they did. They healed people and they moved on. 
They kept going. They didn't say, hey, this day, this time, uh, this is where we're going to be performing a miracle if you need to get healed. No, they didn't do that. So he gave some to be apostles, some prophets. Prophets were spokesmen with, or, or mouthpieces of God. They received direct revelation from the Lord and passed them on to the church. What they spoke by the Holy Spirit was the Word of God. It's what they did. Evangelists are those who preach the good news of salvation. They are divinely equipped to win the lost to Christ. Once again, that's a special calling. You know, I'm not going door-to-door preaching to people. Have you tried that? Just try, try in, the, in the grocery store telling people hi. See some of the responses. Some people will say hi. Others will look at you like you're weird. Right? Why is that person so happy? A weirdo? I'm just happy. God saved me. <laughs> right? But there's something wrong with you. Right? That's a hard thing to do, evangelize to someone. It's not easy. Once again, it's a gift, it's a calling. Got to make sure that you are prayed up, that you are on a firm foundation in Christ Jesus. Out there in the world, things can go south very, very quick, right? What are you going to do? What are you going to do if someone starts cursing you out? Start cursing back? I hope not, right? How's that showing them the love of God? Now, I'm not going to mention names, but I know some, some years back, Pastor Adam had taken a group of young adults one time to go witness on Central. Things were going good till this one dude crumbled up a, a track and threw it in one of the guy's faces. Hey, man, why'd you do this? Start getting all huffy and puffy. It's like... You're going to fight this dude? You're here to talk to him about the love of God, not fight. That's what's going to happen. How do you expect non-believers to act? Right? Pastors and teachers. A person who shepherds the flock of God. And it's not necessarily through the teaching of God's word, okay? But someone who shepherds the flock, a pastor, a teacher, you've invested. You, you see these individuals and your heart goes out to them. These are God's children and, and I love them and I want to be there to take care of them, right? Verse 12, God gave all these positions. God gave all these titles for what? It says here, verse 12, for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. This is why he gave these titles. The purpose of these gifted believers is to minister the word to others so that in turn, they are prepared to get involved in ministering to others. That's what it's for, to go out, right? To go out, share God's word. The goal of this is building up or edifying the body of Christ, encouraging. 
I mean, Pastor Gary can't do it all. I can't do it all. Pastor Dave can't do it all. And we would never try to do it all. Right? You're going to be able to reach people that I'm not going to be able to reach. You understand? They're going to understand you a lot better than they are me. God uses someone, I look at like Blaine Buckle, okay? I mean, I'm older. I'm not skateboarding. Last time I tried to skateboard, it didn't go well, okay? And I, and I learned real quick, don't do that again because I'm not young, all right? I tried to show my cousin this was, and I wasn't even that old at the time. I was under 20, but I'm trying to, dude, let me show you how to get on the skate. I used to ride one every day, whoop, right on my back. And I was like, I'm done. No more. Okay? But it's like Blaine goes out, he skateboards at different places. He'll go to Los Altos over there and he'll skate. I mean, he's reaching dudes that I'm not going to be able to reach. It's crazy how it works, but that's how people are sometimes. Can they relate to you? Then they'll hear from you. It's sad, but it's true. So God has a special task. It really hurts and breaks my heart when I look around because I'll see different churches and how they operate. And really, this pulpit anymore has just become a job. You know that? It's become a job. And I understand there's some churches that, you know what, they lost the pastor or, you know, a pastor left or something, they need to hire someone. And, you know, I'm not trying to downplay any of that. And so someone goes in and they take and they are the shepherd of that church. Praise God. God's built up men like that. Carl went out and, and did that for a little bit. A, a church needed a pastor, so he was there, right? But it's, it's so hard because you see individuals, they get done with seminary and right away they think they're qualified to just be a pastor, to go and shepherd here or there and stuff. Well, how much is the money? Okay, I can do that. Really? Do you even know these people? You know, is, is that what it's become all about, money? Just a job title? <laughs> uh, I see other churches like that. I'm not trying to bash them, but it's, it's sad because I'm thinking, where's the personal connection? Where's the personal connection? You'll, you'll move from one coast to the next to be a youth pastor just because they're going to pay you correctly. What? I mean, uh, I don't know. It's, to me, it's just sad. I, I feel like we've turned it, we've commercialized it, you know. And that's what they've done. Verse 13 says, Till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, Verse 14, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting till we all come to the unity of faith. You know, the goal of the church here is described in three forms. Unity of faith and knowledge of the Son of God, a perfect man, and the measure of of the stature of the fullness of Christ. See, Paul did not command a structural or organizational unity here. 
but a spiritual unity around what? A common faith is what he's talking about here. What's the common faith? John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Common faith. You believe that, right? If you believe that, if you've received that, well, Romans 10, 9, and 10, that's the next step, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved, right? For with the heart one believes in the righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. There's the common faith, right? Unity of faith and knowledge of the Son of God. Now you've got different religions that they don't believe this, right? They're teaching something different. And that's what happens here. Why? Because we're imperfect people. Imperfect people. And everyone has their own interpretation. Or they'll find a church that's giving them the interpretation that they want to hear. I love my pastor. You understand? I've been in this church for 21 years. I've learned a lot from him. But guess what? If I'm looking for answers, I go to God. And that's not being disrespectful to him. Our own pastor has told us to do that ourselves. Search the scripture yourself. Don't just listen to what I'm telling you. Search what God's word is saying. That's what we are to do right? A perfect man. When the gifted offices work right and the believers are properly equipped, Christian maturity increases and there is greater intimacy in the experience of the Lord. You're reading, right? You're growing your own personal time. You're being around other believers, There's nothing wrong with getting old, right? Like I said, diversity in this church, you look around, old, some younger. But what does the Bible talk about? Older train the younger, right? And there's been times where I've had to do that, where I've been in tough situations, and I'll go up to someone, pick their brain. You've lived longer than me. You're a little wiser than me. Sometimes I'm still young to where once in a while when that button gets pushed, the flesh comes up, right? There's still fight in me. I need someone wiser to say, hey, tone it down. (laughs) What does God's word say? Focus on that. A perfect man. I'm far from perfect, but I can't wait until that day when, you know, I see the Lord and he is going to make me perfect, right? The measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. The gifted offices and equipped believers bring believers to maturity according to the measure of Christ himself. As years pass by, we should not grow old in Jesus, but more mature in him as well, right? As both individuals and as a body, As a body, we are one, I always say family because that's what we are here. We're a family. We're we're together. We're one body. You understand? And every body that you see, there's body parts, okay? 
and we all represent one of those body parts. And I know it's hard because sometimes you may think, I don't want to be that body part. Which says it? But you know what? Each body part is very, very important. It's very crucial. You understand? Plays an important role. Like I said, you don't understand until you get hurt or something happens how important that part is, right? (laughs) Do not realize how important uh, some of those nerves in the back really are, right? Till you get a pinched nerve or you throw out your back. You ever have that happen? I have. Tying my shoe out of all things. (laughs) I feel so old saying that. I was only like 30... 31 when it happened? Maybe even 30? I don't know. Go down and turn my shoe and it just locked up. And I was like, ah, can't move. Just threw my body forward, laid on my stomach, and I was out. I was done. I was like, what happened here? Go to a chiropractor and they start poking and start cracking and you're just like, oh my goodness. Man, like, yeah, your core is not strong at all, you know? Got to strengthen that. It's, it's amazing. Really, the muscles here control here? Yes! You understand when everyone is playing their part, when they're doing what God's called them to, when they're being, um, you know, when they're using that gift, how God has called them to, how important that is for the body, you're playing your role so someone else can do this role right? Because without it, it's not going to happen. It's not going to work. It says here in verse 14 that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness and deceitful plotting. Like I said, when gifted people do their jobs correctly, what you have is maturity taking place in the body of Christ. It's a beautiful thing, okay? Believers should not be like immature infants who are easily swayed and confused, right? Like waves being tossed back and forth, blown here and there, every gust of wind of teaching. Be careful on what you're listening to. Just because they're a pastor doesn't mean that, um, guys, I got to tell you, it's sad, but like I said, that, that word anymore, you know, you got to make sure what they're teaching lines up with the Word of God. Just because they're on the radio doesn't mean there's some awesome pastor. Got to be careful. Pastor Gary's called some out by name, and I know some people get upset when that happens, but did not Paul do that? Right? Didn't he call them out by name? Don't get offended by that. He's looking after us, right? So yeah, when he says someone like Joel Olstein, what? How dare you put him down? Come on, man. Seriously? Is that dude really preaching Christ? Or is he preaching Christ if his money is right? Right? Rick Warren? Do these guys ever talk about sin? Oh, we talk about the love of Jesus Christ. Yes, but let them know. You got to let them know that there's a hell as well. Not everyone's just going to make it to heaven. 
Don't be like immature infants. Wow. The only thing I can, <laughs> when, I, when I read this, don't be like immature infants. Don't be like kids, right? I mean, yes, yeah, so trusting of people. That's, that's a good part. But that's also bad in some aspects, right? Let's be honest. If you were a parent, and, and I, in my mind I'm kind of laughing because I remember seeing this picture a while back of this busted up van, okay? I'm talking about like rough looking van. No hubcaps on, on this thing. I mean, paint faded, all this, the black tinted windows, horrible. And on the side of this van spray painted free candy, right? Come on, if a kid, free candy, mom, yeah, I want to go there. You're like, uh-huh. I don't think so, right? Let's get over here. That van don't look safe, right? Come on, common sense. Kids see the word candy, that's all they see is candy, right? They want candy, something sweet. But as an adult, you look at something like that, you're like, something looks sketchy about that there. And that dude looks a little off sitting in the driver's seat, right? Come on, it's, use our common sense. Okay? And it's the same when it comes to Scripture. Same when it comes to Scripture. Do not just listen to every doctrine that's out there. It's unfortunate, but, you know, these individuals, they trick men, women. For what? For deceitful gain. What can they get out of it? What can they get out of it? Like I said, some of these individuals you see on TBN, <laughs> I mean, I understand you're doing the work of the Lord and God provides and, and all this stuff, but to have, I mean, you're talking about millions upon millions. Creflo Dollar? The dude even has dollar in his name, right? I mean, you hear someone like that. What are they about? Same thing. Is it about, you know, preaching God's word or is it about how well you're known or celebrity status? Because that's where some of these pastors are going with this. They try to act like they're celebrities. False teachers cause this kind of confusion regarding the truth in order to bring believers into a false doctrine. Or I'd even go as far as saying worshiping them. Right? Worshiping them. They have to have some type of following. Don't get me wrong. We all want to be liked, right? We want someone to like us in the workplace, in church, you know, wherever you're at. You want people to like you. You don't want to have a reputation of being a horrible individual. You want people to like you. I get that. But at what cost? You know, if they're going to come up and I mean, worship you and they, they have to feel like they have to act a certain way in front of you and do all this stuff? Wow. It's sad. Verse 15. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective work by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body 
for edifying of itself in love. So this speaks not only to how we're to treat one another in God's family, but also as leaders, as believers, how we are to deal with those who are, yeah, enemies, deceivers, right? We should deal with them in love, never budging from the truth. No, you're, you're, you have that solid foundation in God's Word. You don't budge from that, okay? But you do it in love. I'm sorry we're going to have to, dis, you know, agree to disagree, you know, but it's always done in love. Like I said, it's, it's unfortunate what's going on out there now. I mean, in, in the church itself, you talk to one another in love. You treat one another you know, with love, right? If people don't see that here in, in God's house, why are they going to want to come to Christ in the first place? They, they got to see it here, right? I mean, I would think this is the part where we should be showing it the most. And then when we go outside of this building, right, we're, we're, I don't know, in a store and someone does something or gets you upset, it's hard not to blow off the handle, right? Got to be careful. Because if they find out you're a Christian, huh, what God does he serve? Because <laughs> the God in the Bible doesn't act like that, Right? We have to be very, very careful. You deal with individuals in love, but still you stand firm on the truth of God's Word. That Jehovah's Witness, those Mormons, they come to your door. Don't get mad. Don't yell at them, this and that, you know. I remember hearing a, a lady and a few individuals come to my door one time and they're talking. Do you agree that there's bad things going on in the world? Yeah, I do. Cool, and I let her go on this whole spiel, and I never told her that I was a pastor or a Christian. This letter continues, says, she goes, do you know uh, about Jesus? I said, yeah, I do. I do go to church. Oh, you do? Where do you go? Calvary Chapel. Oh, you go to a Calvary. Okay. I said, yeah. You know, um, and I had told her this not the very first time, but after multiple times. I finally had just told her. I said, yeah, so... Um, I go there and I do know that our doctrines are going to differ. That is going to happen. You're not going to agree with what I have to say, you know, but okay, yeah, well, there are some things, you know, I says, yeah, there, there are, I'd say some crucial things that we disagree about, um, you know, but I'll keep praying for you. And by the way, it's hot outside. Would you like some bottled water? Because I, uh, I know it's very hot and you're going door to door. Oh, thank you. I'd appreciate that, Right? You know, it had got to a point to where they were coming, I don't know, maybe once a month or something, but after I'd pointed that out, then I didn't see her for quite a few months, right? That's why, because, well, I'm not going to agree with what you have to say. God loves you. I love you. I hope you come to an understanding of His, uh, of his love for you, right? Got to be careful, like I said, with those doctrines, and um, they're dressed up really nice, guys. They really are. You know, I think the, what's so hard, what I've seen over the years, I remember late 80s as a young, I don't know, seven, eight-year-old 
kid, you know, and just seeing the reverence, the respect for a pastor and God's word being taught to where it's at now. And it's, it's pretty scary because anyone can post anything on the internet. And of course, if it's on the internet, it's got to be true, right? Right? <laughs> at least that's what people think. At least younger generations do think that. You know that, right? If it's on Wikipedia, it is the truth. You understand? I'm dead serious. That's like the go-to. Wikipedia says it. It's got to be true. Wow. Look out. Some dude, you know, just uploaded something. You don't even know where, where he's at, where he comes from, what he looks like. Anything? I mean, that's, you know. And you see it. Like I said, you have Christian artists even now where, don't get me wrong, yeah, they, they sing awesome songs, but then when confronted or asked questions about, you know, is the homosexual going to go to heaven? Well, I, I think God's Word says something about that in there. Wait, you think? I mean, if you're singing about Him, don't you think you should know what His Word says? Then take a stand, say something. Lauren Daigle, please, just stop, right? Oh, he called her by name. Yes, I, I did. She has an amazing voice, beautiful. But if you're going to sing for the Lord, then represent for him as well, okay? Don't be ashamed. I mean, he wasn't ashamed when he went to the cross for you. He died on the cross for you. But you don't want to take a stand. Why? Because you don't want to offend your listeners, right? Because if you don't get too spiritual, then you could maybe even have your stuff played in like Target or Walmart and it goes out more. And guess what? You get more money because of royalties. And that may not be her personal way of thinking, but that's the label's personal way of thinking, right? And sometimes they influence that on their artist, which is sad. Because I thought it was a ministry in reaching lost souls. You understand? We're in a scary, scary state right now with where things have gone, how anyone can just say something. It's like, have you been called by God to share His Word like that? I, I hope so. You know, things have changed over the years. Pastor Gary talked about him and his music ministry. They would go out, him and his band, and they would preach the Word of God. Some churches didn't like it. Back then, that's pretty sad. And things have just gotten worse as it's, you know, as this time has gotten closer to the return of Christ. Have to be careful that we speak the truth, we do do it in love. Verse 16, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share. God is not only the goal of our growth, but He's the source of it as well, right? He's the source of the growth. From Him, the whole body is involved in the growth process. That means that every member is exactly designed for its own place and function, right? Like I said, don't realize how important that core is till the back went out. 
That's got to strengthen that. You were uniquely created. You look at that fingerprint on your finger, there's no other like it in the world. There's only one of you. And even if you had a twin, I haven't heard or known of the fingerprint being exactly identical. Separates you apart. Okay? Separates you apart. There may be certain things you dislike about you. That's cool, but that's the way God made you because you are perfect in His sight. He has a special calling upon your life, and He wants to use you, right? So don't get mad if you're the thumb. You know how hard it is to grab things without that thumb? It's very difficult. That little pinky toe, right? Give you some balance as well. Every part is very, very crucial. You know, I like sports. It's hard watching what's going on now in professional sports, but I remember back in the day playing sports just with friends and doing certain things. You get excited when your team scores. You get pumped up. You get hyped. You encourage them to keep going, right? All right, good shot. Do that. If you see someone's on fire, you want to give them the ball. Keep hitting that shot, okay? Don't stop. If I feel like I'm ineffective playing offense, then I go to defense and give the ball to someone else who's better at offense. Know your part, right? It's for the better of the team. This is not, not me, for the team, right? We're a family here at Calvary Chapel East. We're one body, one organism. We're all put together, bound together by joints, ligaments, organs, right? Each joint and ligament fulfills a role in the growth and usefulness of the body. So it also is in the body of Christ. As Christians abide in Christ and fulfill their proper function in the church, they grow closer to one another and love in unity. And most importantly of all, it brings joy to our Heavenly Father, right? So when you look around in this church, yeah, you see diversity. That, that's what I see. Doesn't matter your background, doesn't matter your color, doesn't matter how old, how young, how thin, how wide, how short, how tall. God looks at all of us, including myself, and He says, those are my kids. That's my family. And so for us this morning, the challenge is, are we playing our part? Maybe you don't know your part. That's okay. Go to the Lord, ask Him to show you what your part is. And He will, right? And He will. But I don't want no one to walk away discouraged. Like I said, you were, you were uniquely created for God and the purpose of what He has planned for you. What that is, I don't know, but He does. Are we fulfilling it? Are we doing it? Maybe we've been slacking. That's okay. Ask God to forgive you and you get up and you keep going. He gave you that calling since a child. You know, 
me and my wife are, like I said, we're a little bit more quiet. Our girls, for some reason, seem like they're going to be outspoken, okay? Why? I don't know, but I know that that's a gift that's God given, that God has given them. He's going to use it. He sees those abilities, right? At such a young age, hey, I'm going to use them for this, for that. Mr. Moss has an outside voice 24-7. God knew he was going to use that for something, right? Here at the school, when he taught, when he was a coach, that voice came in handy really, really good, okay? So, I don't know about you guys, but like I said, I'm just excited for what God's doing. I'm so glad that he's given us that grace, that love, that mercy, and I pray that you guys were encouraged this morning. Like I said, um, let's go before the Lord now. We'll pray, and uh, we'll have the worship team come up. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, we come before you, Lord, and we just want to thank you for being such an awesome God. Thank you for that grace, that love upon our lives. I know we don't deserve it, but we're so thankful for it. And thank you for sending your son to die in our place, to forgive us of our sins. Lord, if there's any of us this morning that are struggling and, you know, maybe we haven't been living as your, as your child like how we should be, I pray and ask that you would just forgive us, Lord, that you would give us a, a brand new start this morning, Lord, that you would cleanse us through the blood that was shed on, on Calvary for our sins, that you would make us white as snow. Lord, I pray and, and just ask that you would be with us this week as we get started, as we prepare for the work week tomorrow. I pray and ask that you would help us to be a light to those that are around us, believers, non-believers, that we would show people your love. Lord, the goal, the purpose is that no person be separated from you for eternity. And for some, we're the only Jesus or we're the only God or we're the only church that they will ever see. And so, Lord, I pray and ask that you would help us to represent you well in that manner. With everyone's eyes closed and head bowed, if you would like prayer this morning, go ahead and raise your hand, whatever it is. It could be for a family member. It could be for you not feeling well. Maybe you need to tighten up your walk with the Lord. Or maybe you want to know what your gift is in the Lord. Just raise your hand. Lord, you see the hands that are raised right now. And Father, I just want to pray and just ask that you would be with everyone here within this building and those that are live streaming. Father, you know what's going on in their lives. Lord, if there's individuals that are not feeling good, Lord, um, I pray and just ask that you would be with them. Father, that you would heal them. You know what sickness that they're dealing with. Lord, from something as small as a cold to stuff all the way up to cancer, Lord. People facing death. I pray and just ask that your Holy Spirit would touch their bodies, Lord, that you would heal them. Lord, that way you would get all the glory, honor, and praise. Sometimes we've seen people with sicknesses, diseases get healed, and there's no explanation for it. And the only thing that they can say is that it's a miracle. Yes, it is a miracle. You're the great physician, Lord, and you can do whatever you'd like. So, Lord, I pray and just ask healing upon these individuals. You'd help them feel better, strengthen them. 
Lord, for those who are struggling at the workplace, that you would be with them. Lord, help them to understand that they are working unto you, not that person that's their supervisor. Lord, we work as if we're working unto you. That's what you've called us to do through your word. And in doing so, we're being obedient to you. Lord, you know the circumstances and sometimes coworkers and bosses, it's, it's difficult. Lord, if there's anyone causing that much stress and heartache on someone's life, I ask that you would just either remove them from the position or open the door for um, another opportunity for these individuals to move. Lord, our families, I pray and ask that you would continue to watch over all of us, Lord, our families, those that are saved serving you. Praise the Lord that everyone is, is saved in that family, that they've made the decision to follow you. Give them the strength to remain, though. And Lord, those that are, that are not following you, Lord, whether it be grandkids, kids, nephews, nieces, uncles, aunts, whoever it may be, grandparents, Lord, I, I pray that, Lord, you would reveal yourself to them that you would show them your great love, that they would give their lives to you. Lord, as we said, it's your desire that not one person perish. So we pray and just ask that you would be with our families. Lord, thank you once again for this time this morning to go over your word. I pray that we are all encouraged and, Father, that we would be strengthened. Lord, I ask that you bless this time in worship and we thank you once again in your precious name. Amen.